Hungary is just days away from a general election. In a bid to unseat Prime Minister Viktor Orban and his ruling Fidesz party, an alliance of six opposition groups have united, posing the first serious political challenge to Orban in more than a decade. Now, opposition parties in Hungary are uniting to take on Prime Minister Viktor Orban, and they're backing Peter Markisai, a political outsider with no party affiliation, to lead the charge. You just heard there from Deutsche Welle. In a campaign dominated in the later stages by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, media have been thrust into the spotlight. Hungary's public broadcaster, long ago brought under the control of the ruling party, has faced criticism for echoing the Kremlin line about the conflict. Another report from Deutsche Welle there. Over the past weeks, both Prime Minister Viktor Orban and his challenger Peter Markizoy have adjusted their campaign focus to reflect Russia's invasion in Ukraine. Markizoy is criticizing the pro-Russia position Orban took for years. Orban is the one who supported Putin. State media is spreading pro-Russia propaganda still. In the background, meanwhile, concerns remain over a lack of media pluralism, the silencing of Hungary's once independent press, and the tight control Fidesz wields over the country's powerful media regulator, the Media Council. With the election just days away and international monitoring bodies carrying out assessments of the campaign, we look at how Fidesz has used its influence over the media ecosystem to skew the playing field in its favor and control the message ahead of the vote, as well as how this has led to growing international concerns. I'm your host, Jamie Wiseman, the Europe Advocacy Officer at the International Press Institute, a partner organization of the Media Freedom Rapid Response, a consortium of organizations dedicated to defending media freedom in the European Union and candidate countries. In this episode, to get a first-hand picture of what this government control over media in Hungary looks like on a day-to-day -day basis, I'll speak with Zhuzana Wirth, a journalist at the investigative news outlet Direct36 who published a series of articles based on a trove of leaked email correspondence, which reveal for the first time how Fidesz and the circle around Prime Minister Orban dictate coverage at Hungary's state news agency. But first, I'll speak with Irene Khan, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on the promotion and protection of the right to freedom of opinion and expression, who visited Hungary a few months ago in November 2021 to get a sense of the international community's concerns around media freedom in Hungary ahead of the vote and how a lack of media pluralism and independence are leading to concerns about the fairness of the election. You're listening to a new episode of our podcast, MFRR In Focus. Mrs Khan, thank you so much for joining us on the MFRR In Focus. Your trip to Hungary in late 2021 was your first country visit since taking up the position and came as Hungary was gearing up to the election campaign. Why did you feel it was important to go to Hungary first? And what were some of the motivations to prioritize this country over others? Hungary is a member of the European Union and as such, it has actually an open invitation for UN special rapporteurs to visit. And I wanted to take that invitation um, 
and Hungary was very open and, and supportive of my visit uh, in light of all the concerns that have emerged both within the UN system from various human rights bodies, the UN Human Rights Committee, um, as well as the Council of Europe um, and also the European Commission in relation to Hungary's uh, media landscape, what was happening there in terms of the change of the law, um, the complaints uh, that we've heard uh, from independent media and so on. So I thought, given my mandate, it was very important that I start with Hungary because Europe uh, is seen across the world as a role model for human rights. And if uh, European member states um, are not able to uphold those standards, it then becomes very hard for me to go argue around the world to others that they should do so. So I wanted to start with Hungary for that reason. Okay, and what were some of the key findings and takeaways of your visit in terms of the challenges facing independent journalism and the freedom of the media? What I saw was that over a period of almost a decade, laws, government policies and practices had been used to change ground realities, to create new ground realities uh, in the media landscape that actually fly in the face of international human rights principles and standards about the independence pluralism, the diversity of media. Okay, well, yeah, we're, we're gearing up to a general election now on April 3rd. Uh, after your visit, how do you understand the government's various interventions in the media sector there over the past decade? And how do you think they could have, you know, kind of an effect on, on this election? Uh, let me just add that I presented my preliminary findings to the government. I'm developing a full report, uh, which I hope in the coming uh, weeks will um, go to the government and then they will have an opportunity to comment on it. And I hope also consider carefully some of the recommendations that I will make. Um, I am very mindful of the upcoming elections. Uh, all the um, the civil society uh, people that I spoke to, uh, journalists, uh, media outlets and others are equally concerned. Um, and we are aware of what happened in 2018. Uh, there uh, are reports from the Council of Europe about major concerns uh, of in, uh, in the way in which media uh, was not allowed, independent media was not allowed access and state-owned media was partial towards uh, candidates. And those are questions that I raised during my mission with the public service media, for example. What preparations were they making? What were they doing? And to the government and to the authorities that I spoke uh, to the Media Council and others, what preparations were they making to ensure that those same mistakes or the same practices would not reappear again and no one could give me a clear answer and that is extremely worrying. On the other hand, I heard from um, uh, uh, civil society, human rights groups, from the media, independent media itself, about the fears that they had that they would not be able to report openly, uh, that their access would be restricted, that news would be distorted. So indeed, it is a worrying situation. And I was very pleased to note um, that the European Union has set up a fact-finding um, service, that other measures have been taken. But I wonder whether that will be enough, because at the end of the day, it is the political will of the government that very often determines the independence of the media in an in a, in a electoral situation. Yeah, one of the main concerns in Hungary, of course, is uh, around media pluralism. And the Hungarian government always says that the changes there in the media landscape 
have been aimed at uh, addressing historical imbalances and biases in the media market, uh, and that the media market is now more pluralistic than ever. After your visit, how do you see the landscape for media pluralism? Um, and how do you assess, you know, Fidesz's argument about um, the changes there over the last few years? Uh, yes, government uh, officials uh, and others I spoke to on, uh, you know, the media authority, uh, but particularly senior government officials, actually um, gave me the same um, explanation that their efforts were really to create a balance between what they call liberal media and conservative media. And I was even told that they had reached a 50-50 balance between the two mindsets, was the way um, it was described to me. Uh, but on the other hand, what uh, I think a range of stakeholders in Hungary, in Europe, and in international institutions have noted that while the numbers of those supporting media outlets supporting the government has continued to increase because of the government's political support, financial support, policies, um, and other measures, many independent media outlets have actually closed down. In some cases, because of political difficulties, uh, combined with a fall of the revenue, um, and then they have either closed down or have been taken over um, in a kind of an economic taken away by, by government investors. And of course, we've seen that most recently with index.hu. Uh, um, we've seen the denial of the license of Club Radio. We've seen, most disturbingly, the consolidation of some 476 Hungarian outlets under this um, foundation, Keshma. Um, which is very closely affiliated to the government. And these are very clear indications of a shrinking uh, space, uh, if not extinction, of independent media and dominance of, of government-controlled uh, outlets. And this has been noted by various uh, international institutions. Um, so if you look at Keshma, for example, the way in which it was, it, it, it consolidated um, all these various entities uh, and was granted an exemption from scrutiny uh, by the competitive authority. So neither the media council nor uh, the, um, the other procurement, from a purely procurement point of view, was there any oversight of what happened there. Um, so that's, that's a really serious concern now that there is no independent radio. Club Radio was the last one that's gone. Uh, print media is, has also gone. There are a few online um, uh, entities there, but clearly there's been what one would call um, uh, media capture. Yeah, I mean, this issue of media capture by, by vested interests linked to the ruling party is an issue that's been examined a lot over the last few years. Um, and yeah, obviously a lot has been said about the challenges facing independent media in Hungary. But if media freedom is going to improve there in the coming years, uh, you know, after your visit, what do you think are some of the key things that need to be done and reforms that need to be made um, from a media freedom perspective? Well, I think one of the most important things is looking at the regulatory authority. The current uh, regulatory authority um, is has been accused uh, of uh, being totally under the control of the government. The media law has been used uh, by the ruling party to ensure that only their nominees are now 
uh, sitting on the Media Council. The president of the Media Council, who is also the president of the Media Authority, seems to have a lot of power concentrated into that one office, which also appoints the public service uh, 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 media. So there is this one individual who is then nominated by the prime minister, appointed by the president, very close uh, to the ruling party. You have a media council, the authority itself, that is uh, uh, composed of candidates nominated by the ruling party. And you then look to see the behavior of this media council, and you see consistently that it has not uh, actually stood up to any of the measures uh, uh, that the government is putting into place to resist uh, those measures. On the contrary, what it has done is through uh, refusing the license to Club Radio, shut down, latest example, uh, shut down independent media. So that needs to be straightened. Without independent regulatory authority, there is no way that you're going to be able to have um, uh, independence of the media. That's major. The second issue, I think, is, of course, the financial viability uh, and the way in which uh, government's uh, advertising revenue and the government, uh, if you take local government and all aspects, uh, all elements of the government together, I think they are about 30% of all advertising uh, revenue, producer of all advertising revenue, and that goes to the government-controlled or uh, government-supported media outlets. Uh, So one needs to have much more transparency um, and, and proper policies about uh, the use of those funds. And then I would say much more transparency over the ownership of um, uh, the the media. Uh, I was told by um, the government, senior government officials I met, that they were concerned about Hungarian ownership. And they would like to see Hungarian media in Hungary being owned by Hungarians. Fair enough. But why, none of them could explain to me why being Hungarian meant being connected to the ruling party. Uh, So (laughs) there is a lot uh, to be done in terms of ownership, uh, in terms of the independence of the regulatory authority, and in terms of creating an environment where there can be economic viability uh, for the the media sector, the independent media sector. Okay, yeah, well, obviously a lot hinges on on the vote coming up in the next few days. We've seen the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe carrying out a full election observation mission. Uh, At the same time, there are fresh debates about the European Union's role um, and its rule of law conditionality regulation. Uh, So it's clear there's a lot of international attention on Hungary right now. Uh, So how do you assess the response of of the international community, particularly the European Union, over the last few years to address and push back against what's happening in Hungary in terms of media freedom? I feel uh, that the international community needs to be more engaged on the situation uh, of uh, media, uh, freedom of the media, independence, diversity, pluralism issues in Hungary than it has been so far. And it is not only the UN bodies, actually the European institutions. Um, Hungary, of course, is a member state of the European Union. And there's a lot, I think there's a lot of um, um, expectation let me put it, expectation from stakeholders in Hungary and elsewhere uh, about uh, the European Union being engaged and not just engaged. This, this is what the problems that I've been talking about did not happen yesterday. 
they have been gradually occurring over a period of 10 years. And this is a critical turning point, I think, with the upcoming elections as to whether or not Europe is going to be serious about um, its uh, um, standards and principles uh, relating to um, the independence of the media. Now, um, there is, as you know, yesterday, um, European uh, Parliament adopted the Digital Security Act. We haven't spoken about digital technology here, but online media, online platforms are the only place now where independent media uh, is able to operate in Hungary. With the passage of the Digital Services Act, it is even more important that international bodies and European bodies look very carefully at Hungary's uh, uh, media um, institutions. Um, otherwise, we'll also find that the freedom that exists now online will also disappear. So for me, it's critical um, that uh, uh, the international human rights bodies, the Human Rights Council and others actually pay attention to Hungary. Um, others are watching what is happening in Hungary. The situation in Hungary is not a unique one. As um, a special rapporteur with a global mandate, I see around the world that there are other countries where similar things, situation um, is developing. So how the UN Human Rights Council handles Hungary will, I think, determine um, how uh, others will move in this direction. Other uh, um, regimes might be moving towards uh, clamping down on, on the freedom of the media or not. These challenges facing the freedom of the press and government influence over the media landscape have long led to concerns about an uneven democratic playing field and are casting a shadow over the upcoming vote. But what does this government control over media ahead of the election actually look like on a day-to-day -day basis? To get a first-hand account, I spoke with Shujana Worth, a journalist from Direct36, whose recent reporting has shed a light on how the ruling party controls one of the country's supposedly public service media, the state news agency. So, Jujana, these reports you authored were quite astounding in terms of the picture that they paint of the inner workings of the agency, the MTI. Now, it's been known for a long time, of course, that the ruling party has exerted some level of control over the news there, and that the body lacked independence. But I think these articles really showed explicitly how high the level of direct political control is. So what were some of the main findings from your reporting? Uh, yes, well, uh, I am lucky to be able to base my, my reporting on, on a very extensive collection of, of these documents. Uh, most of them are internal emails. And, uh, and a lot of them are, are news articles that were never published because of, of self-censorship in uh, within the, the Hungarian Telegraph Office, which is uh, the state uh, uh, news agency in Hungary. Uh, and what is evident from these documents is that, uh, that political interests shape the content of, of the the news coverage and uh, there is no virtually no space for independent editorial decisions. Uh, what we can see is that management says what has to be published and how it has to be published. 
and uh, the management is in direct contact with uh, with uh, uh, the government's uh, communication staff, uh, which means that, uh, that this communication staff is sometimes the the one that dictates the news directly. That so I mean, they say uh, what uh, uh, MTI should cover and how it should cover it. Okay, uh, can you give us any instances of you know what this looks like in practice? Uh, there are. Uh, examples of uh, of correspondence that show that that sometimes they even uh, tell MTI uh, what the title should be of, of an article and what the lead should be of an article uh, what is also clear that it is not uh, not allowed to change um, any of the titles or, or the, the mainly the content of, of government communiques um, uh, which is uh, which is also very problematic um, in terms of journalistic freedom, of course. Um, what my sources told me about is that they often get phone calls from ministries uh, and the, the the press officers of ministries tell them how to write articles. Also, we can see that the that the Prime Minister Viktor Orbán's uh, public appearances are are very carefully planned, and uh, their their coverage is very carefully planned in advance and uh, there are a lot of uh, politically sensitive subjects that are not freely covered uh, which we can see because uh, there are documents that show um, a lot of articles that were never published that uh, the journalists have put in a lot of work to to write them but then uh, they were were not published because of uh, uh, I mean uh, um, for sure, for evidently because of, of political reasons, like uh, there are subjects like this uh, include um, the American elections when Donald Trump lost the elections. They include uh, the coronavirus, uh, uh, the Eastern vaccines effectiveness, how the government handled the coronavirus crisis, or uh, also there were a lot of banned articles uh, which uh, were trying to repay, report about. Uh, the freedom of the press uh, being in trouble in Hungary or human rights organizations. Okay, wow, yeah, that says a lot that even articles about uh, the freedom of the press being in trouble in Hungary were being censored by the state news agency. Um, Yeah, during a a recent mission to Hungary, uh, government representatives told IPI that the public service media followed uh, what they said was the BBC model in terms of uh, editorial independence and impartiality. So what do you think these reports show about how independent the MTI really is? um, And what are some of the implications of this going into the election, do you think? Well, I think, yes, the public service media should, as in every country and in Hungary, it should serve the public with, you know, accurate and diverse reporting and uh, giving a lot of space to public debates which is uh, entirely not true in, in, in practice uh, for the Hungarian public uh, news media, uh, which includes MTI, because MTI has lost its, its um, organizational independence, uh, I think, uh, six or seven years ago. And since then, it's, it's only just a, a division of, of the public news channel M1. Uh, which is which has long been known as a as a, um, a propaganda channel for uh, which which uh, is only function is uh, is to amplify the government's uh, messages political messages. 
So what I, I would say is that uh, that it's highly problematic, and uh, the Hungarian public opinion is uh, is not uh, uh, easy to be formed this way uh, without uh, influence of of uh, the government politics. Um, and the, and the MTI within the public service media MTI's uh, role is important because the the service is used by basically the entire Hungarian media because of its uh, its its uh, being free uh, and because of of uh, the MTI services are free it is uh, virtually impossible that uh, that an independent uh, news agency can emerge at all with with like you know more accurate and more more diverse reporting yeah this is something that we heard earlier um that the public service media are essentially protected from proper scrutiny because of the media council which is supposed to oversee its work but which is filled exclusively with appointees of fides um, and we've seen allegations that complaints are not handled properly uh, and that it's really just quite difficult to get proper oversight so my last question was just about what kind of response there'd been since your revelations have there been statements or responses from the mti or from the government or from the office of the prime minister Obviously, I sent a huge list of questions to different government bodies that are involved in the story, and also to MTI and then it's uh, uh, the 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 company that operates it, which is called MTVA. Um, and all the response I got was that they thought that uh, publishing internal correspondence is a breach of business secrecy. So they warned uh, me not to disclose them, otherwise they would go to court, um, which uh, sounds very intimidating, but, uh, but so far there is no sign of them going to court, so I'm not sure there is anything uh, coming out of it. As for, for the government's response, there is none, um, which is not unusual, because most of the time uh, uh, news outlets don't get any response from the government. I mean, uh, news outlets that uh, being uh, asking critical questions to, to uh, the government. And also, I have no information about, uh, about anything changing inside MTI or inside the public service media um, because of, of these articles, because of these revelations. Uh, which is also not a surprise because uh, because uh, these uh, these bodies are uh, supervised with uh, by by uh, bodies that are um, totally controlled by the government uh, uh, Fidesz party. Okay, and what about the response from the public, uh, the people who actually read and consume this news in other media? Um, there was a, a huge. Uh, huge uh, readership of the these articles they're very popular and widely shared as far as i know uh, which is good and also there was a, a protest against uh, during the last weeks there was a protest in hungary against how uh, public media makes news about the ukrainian war uh, and part of it was uh, was mti's response to to the event um, because uh, the the MTI, uh, from the very beginning, it labeled the, the war in Ukraine as a Russian military operation, which is very much uh, similar to, to what Putin tells, uh, tells uh, the Russians. So, and it took like five or six days to MTI to change this, this label and start calling the, the war a war. Okay, yeah, it is quite remarkable to see a state news agency in an EU country 
openly echoing the Kremlin's line about the invasion of Ukraine. Um, so, Zhuzhana, thanks uh, so much for speaking with us and thanks for your really important work on this topic. Thank you. This reporting from Direct 36 has really crystallized the level of control of the ruling party over the state news agency and shown how problematic this is for media independence and the free flow of news in Hungary. As we've heard, these kinds of issues are a point of serious concern for international bodies, including the UN, who see the erosion of media freedom in Hungary as a member state of the European Union as a worrying example of wider democratic decline. As Europe grapples with Russia's war in Ukraine, these issues again underscore the need for the European Union to step up and forcefully defend its fundamental values, including free and independent media as prerequisites for healthy democracies. As we head towards the vote on April 3rd, all eyes are on Hungary. You've been listening to the MFRR In Focus, a podcast which explores different issues facing media freedom in EU member states and candidate countries. The MFRR tracks, monitors, and reacts to violations of press freedom, conducts advocacy, and provides legal and practical support to protect journalists and media workers. The MFRR is a consortium led by the European Centre for Press and Media Freedom and includes Article 19, the European Federation of Journalists, Free Press Unlimited, the International Press Institute, and Observatorio Balcani e Caucaso Trans-Europa. The project is funded by the European Commission. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode of the MFRR in Focus. Thank you.